0: It's official. Health Canada has given the go-ahead. They've given the green light to Pfizer's vaccine for children ages 5 to 11. And for more on that, we're joined up front by Dr. Peter Yuni, head of the Ontario Science Table, who joins us now here on Global News Radio. Dr. Yuni, good afternoon. Nice to have you back with us.
1: Good afternoon. Thanks for having me again.
0: All right. Uh, first off, uh, just how important, just how big is today's decision from Health Canada that we've now got a pediatric vaccine for children?
1: Well, I think it's amazing. Uh, it's really big. And, um, you know, we we really struggled through this pandemic with uh, schools opening, closing, opening, closing, and this now can just be history. That's the point. If we now are able to start vaccinating our kids, five to 11, we've covered all the grades um, that are needed to keep schools open. And this is a game changer already from this perspective. First point. Second point, you know, it's rare, but it happens, that the kids actually get seriously ill and the the vaccine will protect them. And the third point, of course, it will also contribute to the protection of the population so that we can continue to be as open as we are right now, hopefully.
0: Can you tell us what is the plan for Ontario moving forward when it comes to a vaccine for kids? I know the health minister, Christine Elliott, we carried this press conference yesterday on the show. She said it will be days, maybe even a week until we see that Pfizer vaccine uh, here uh, in the province. What more can you tell us about that?
1: Oh, we will find out. You know, I've always said now for months that I would expect end of November, I stick to it. I'm optimistic that we can start within a week and uh, we will see where this is going. I think there's news coming. I've heard some some, uh, rumors, of course. But uh, nothing for sure. But I'm really optimistic that in a week from now, there will be the first uh, shots into uh, children's 5-11 to arms.
0: And how will that happen exactly? What has the talk been amongst the uh, science table and with the government uh, as far as a rollout uh, is concerned once we do have that uh, Pfizer pediatric vaccine here?
1: to be honest with you we haven't talked uh, about the rollout at the science table what i understand right now it's really a combination you know of different approaches with uh with uh, different um uh, venues actually just being used including also uh, school clinics and mass vaccination clinics, et cetera, and the combination of those uh, will probably do the job. Luckily, you know, we're only talking only in inverted commas about roughly 1.1 million kids in the province who are eligible. So uh, it's a much less of an issue, you know, than uh, the rollout that we had before. So that's doable.
0: All right. Maybe that answers my next question. Just how long uh, will this take, uh, do you think? I mean, if we take the vaccines right to the schools where where kids are, they can be administered fairly quickly and effectively. Uh, Is it your hope that uh, most children in the province will be vaccinated by the time school maybe resumes in the new year?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, the point is, of course, you know, first versus second dose. We're talking about first doses now. Then there will be an interval in the trial. It was three weeks. I'd expect the shortest interval possible in the province would be roughly four weeks. NASI recommends an eight-week interval. Probably this will also hold for kids. So we would talk about uh, you know, fully vaccinated kids. Hopefully, 75, 80, 85% of the children. Uh, By end of January, roughly.
0: What would your message, uh, Dr. Uni, be now that this is uh, official, it has been endorsed or greenlit by Health Canada, this pediatric vaccine for those parents who are maybe a little hesitant about giving a vaccine to their children?
1: Look, it's very clear when we we look at the past, what we experienced that the benefit of the vaccine is really clearly overwhelming as compared with any potential risk. You need to be aware of, you know, what of course is being discussed will again be myocarditis, you know, the inflammation of the heart muscle. There are two things that are important really to understand. One is that the risk of myocarditis is much higher after being infected with uh, the, with the SARS-CoV-2, the virus causing COVID-19 then after the vaccine. This also holds for children of that age group. And the other part is, and at least I don't know, understand actually why this is, but it's a fact. Myocarditis risk typically is higher after adolescence than before. Don't ask me why. I haven't understood the mechanism. Meaning when we take all of that together again, this concern about myocarditis, and that's the only concern you could possibly have in this situation. Everything else is just fantasy concerns. Um, this, This risk there, should actually be very low also because we have a lower dose. So the dose we have achieves everything it needs regarding immunity, but it makes the risk, you know, even lower of myocarditis. So if you think about 12 versus 11, the 11-year-old now will get a third of the dose that the 12-year-old had during the previous uh, vaccine rollout. And again, this will help safety immensely.
0: Joined by Dr. Peter Yuni, head of the Ontario Science Table, talking about the fact that the Pfizer's, pedi- Pfizer's pediatric vaccine has been approved and given the go-ahead today by Health Canada. Also, Dr. Uni, wanted to talk to you a bit this afternoon about the announcement yesterday by the province unveiling their winter COVID-19 testing strategy. And since we're talking about kids and vaccines, a big part of that strategy is rapid tests uh, that uh, kids will be given. Is it five tests to take home over the uh, Christmas holiday break?
1: Exactly, yes, five tests per kit. Again, you know, this makes a lot of sense. Right now, what you see is that we want to uh, to see in the province a lowering of the threshold to get tested with a pragmatic use of both, you know, PCR tests that have a turnaround time, hopefully in most cases of uh, 24 hours, but also the antigen tests, keeping in mind that the antigen tests and these rapid tests are tests that are a bit less sensitive, meaning, however, that if you have, a really high viral load in your upper respiratory tract, the, the antigen test typically will pick it up. So, if you're right now infectious, the antigen test will pick it up. But you know, you could start low with your viral load and then go up and come down again. And then the antigen test in certain situations could fail. This also is one of the reasons that if you are symptomatic, if you have typical symptoms for COVID 19, you should get a PCR test, not just an antigen test. But it's a combination of these approaches. The most important part is if and doubt get tested
0: all right and handing out these rapid tests to students is the thought being of course uh, you know we got the winter months the colder weather here more gathering indoors and of course a, a gathering during the holiday and Christmas season and with rapid tests readily available that uh, kids will bring them home I guess in their knapsacks their their backpacks if somebody is feeling ill or is a symptomatic, Uh, this could uh, maybe hopefully stop them from going back to school in the new year and that this will keep schools open and keeping class learning uh, viable?
1: Yeah, it's really one of the issues here really is just to make these tests available. uh, Also, just to avoid that if um, people go into gatherings around Christmas, that they potentially just bring the virus into these gatherings. And since we have this distinction, you know, between... um, at that time, I hope partially vaccinated kids and fully vaccinated adults, it makes sense to hand over the rapid tests now to the children, especially five to 11 years old, and just make these rapid tests available. It's less again about the situation where you have typical symptoms for COVID-19. So if you lose your, you know, taste or sense of, of, uh, of smell, please don't rely on an antigen test No, but actually go and get tested uh, just uh, just regularly if you have a high fever get tested regularly that's the point so these tests are mainly there you know to get tested as a safeguard for instance before you meet your grandmother and if you're 7 years old
0: all right and just finally i think you've alluded to this in your comments in the last couple of minutes here but just how important is testing along with this pediatric va- vaccine that again has been given the green light to here today in Canada when it comes to making this pandemic an endemic moving forward, both this combination of vaccines for all and testing.
1: Well, so first of all, it's vaccines, testing and public health measures. So we need to stick to the masks and we need to stick to the vaccine certificates. And with both vaccine certificates and masks, we need to get considerably better again than what we currently are if we want to keep this under control. So what you see is basically a combination of measures. So the uh, the testing can really play a role, you know, just to, uh, to identify early just asymptomatic people who carry the virus and then just take them out. Of commission, keep them home for a moment so that they don't infect others. So, if you if you don't expect miracles and just see every single measure we take, including vaccines, testing, and everything else, is only know just partially uh, and not not miraculously completely effective. But the different layers that we have in combination will result in much more bang for the buck than if you just look at each of these layers separately.
0: All right, Dr. Yuni, really appreciate your time as always. Thanks so much for joining us on this Friday.
1: Thanks a lot for having me again.
0: You bet. Dr. Peter Uni, head of the Ontario Science Table. And we're back after this quick break here on Global News Radio.